Welcome to Writish, the one-stop shop on your writer journey where we discuss everything writing-related from shiny new ideas through publication. Whether it's on the indie or traditional path and the ish of life that fuels and sometimes gets in the way of our creative pursuits. I'm Zara, a self-published author of young adult and new adult fiction and alumni of the NYU Master's in Publishing program and the founder of Inimitable Books, LLC, a new book publisher dedicated to uplifting marginalized voices without forcing authors to spotlight their trauma. I'm Kelly, a genre-hopping writer, trier of hobbies, and a debuting author fall of 2023. And in today's episode, I am interviewing Zara and her friend Jonathan Kuo. Jonathan is Zara's high school classmate who is in her homeroom creative writing thesis class, a musician, and also studying to be a neurosurgeon. So Zara tells me she's going to write a story that's kind of set in your world as a prequel. So that's not what we think of as normal co-writing or co-authoring. So can you talk a little bit about how that's going to work? Well, the series is called Radix, and the first book that I'm writing is called Cybernaut, and it's basically set in the mid-2300s. There's a bunch of backstory behind it, but it's quite loosely just a cyberpunk dystopian novel. And I kind of wanted it to be loose-ended. There's a lot of fantasy elements as well as sci-fi elements. Essentially, in this world, there's been the advent of World War III, which caused a lot of nuclear devastation to the world. And then there's also been the alien invasion of a certain race, and that has impacted certain places in the world. So they came with terraformation devices. They tried to invade America, Europe, parts of Asia. And essentially, after large corporations tried to create these domes which allowed humans to live on the earth peacefully, they essentially came in and tried to take over. And the book takes place in this world where there's been a rebellion against this alien invasion. There's some remnants of this technology from these aliens, and people are just trying to survive all while corporations are still existing and trying to have their hegemonic reign over people's lives as well. So it's quite tumultuous. Yeah, and he was writing it during our creative writing thesis class where our high school, kind of bougie, uh, let us take a creative writing class instead of a fourth year of just normal English, but you needed four years of English on your transcript to apply to colleges. So we were both like, well, obviously we're gonna do that. That's a lot more fun. And his story is very sci-fi-y, but like you mentioned, there were some elements of fantasy, but it's mostly kind of in the past. So I had an idea of what if there's a world where technology is taking over and magic is outlawed. And it was after high school that I had come up with this idea and we were catching up and I was like, here's my idea. What if it kind of worked in your story because, you know, the idea that technology is completely overtaken, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of influenced by your version. So can I kind of play in your sandbox with this to be a prequel or would you prefer not? And I was totally open to whatever Jonathan had to say. He's like, can I write, you know, a story in your world? And I was like, yeah, of course. There's like a lot of room for magic in the world itself is quite open-ended so I was completely fine with it yeah I was really happy when he said yes because he's a lot better at world building than I am and I was like 
if I don't have to do it all myself, <laughs> I'm happy <laughs> to ride on his coattails a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Zara said you're very like direct about stuff. And that was like a great answer. And it sounds like you guys like you have this very already intricately built world and space set up. And I think it's awesome that Zara can come and play in your sandbox, so to speak. He had footnotes <laughs> in his story. He would turn in his pages. It's like every week we had to turn in 50 pages. And not only did he do 50 pages, he had footnotes. And I remember like the first time the teacher asked, are these necessary? <laughs> and Jonathan was, yes. They were. I feel like writers normally just, like struggle to tell their story. And you just did great. Like I'm already there, I feel. <laughs> oh, thanks. I mean, yeah, I've been writing it for since high school, you know, so it's quite in my brain. <laughs> I'm the type of person who just like daydreams half the time. Creative writing was like a very big outlet for me to daydream actively. <laughs> you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the idea of kind of writing in someone else's world by like the rules that are already established there, it does take out a lot of the heavy lifting. Like I never thought of that, to be honest. Yeah, I'm a huge Dungeons and Dragons nerd. The first time I started writing this novel, I was thinking about like tabletop games and Shadowrun. So like the entire idea was like I was going to adapt it into a game. You actually have a lot in common with Kelly because the book, multiple of the books that she's writing, she's like, oh, my God, this would make such a cool video game. And mm-hmm. So like I was saying, I just I just wanted uh, the novel to be kind of a, a vessel for people to play off of with their own imaginations. So like when Zara told me she wanted to write a book, I was like quite ecstatic. I was like, yeah. I love the idea of the fact, too, that you were also thinking about, you know, this world and this aspect of like a story board game or like a just like board game in general Mm -hmm. like I think that's really cool it kind of reminds me of like Jumanji Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's really cool at the time of this recording the day before I hosted a stream on Twitch with uh, Nina Natasha who is a very nice writer and I will leave a little link to her YouTube channel we were talking about fan fiction versus original fiction because someone in my chat was saying that it's the first time in two years that they're writing an original story and they feel like they're being super slow because now that they have to build everything and a lot of people on AuthorTube which is how Kelly and I met it's the writing community on YouTube Jonathan I know you don't have a lot of time to be on YouTube so I (laughs) thought I'd give that little explanation a lot of people say oh everyone started out writing fanfic and I actually hadn't And I'm getting into it much later. And Nina's first story had kind of been fanfic, but she hasn't done that in a very long time. So we were talking about how different it is when you have to create the world versus when you don't. And when you create the world, it's a lot because you have to create the world. But when you're playing within someone else's rules, you have to make sure that whatever you're doing doesn't break their world. And in some ways it feels a little bit more stressful. Uh, Mm. But I think because you and I just communicate so well, even though one of us might text each other, then three weeks later is the response because of our schedules. (laughs) It's still very much like, Hey, like, could this work in your story? And 
I think we communicate well about mm-hmm. those things. I'm sorry. I'm just still fascinated by just writing in someone else's world. I think that that's a really great idea. And I think you both bring up really good points about like how it's exciting and how also the challenges to that, that, you know, writing in someone else's world could bring because there is a certain sort of pressure to it. And I think Zara, you, you said that very well. Okay. So is Zara going to make decisions that affect your world that you'll be like writing in the story you'll be telling, or is it going to be like completely by your rules, Jonathan? I think it's just going to be completely separate. I think it should be like kind of call and response. She can write her version of her events and then that impacts the world itself. She writes her novel and then that impacts what I write later on. The novel just ends for now and then I write another piece in the same world that includes some of what Zara told. Yeah, I think... Because it is a prequel, I do think I am going to have some more freedom than the traditional fan fiction of canon exists and you're either completely bending it or diverging from it, which is fine because those tags exist and people know what to expect when they're going in to read a story. But mine is kind of about the underground secret world of magic so as long as it's not oh magic is the ruling power then i think i'm okay correct me if i'm wrong jonathan no 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 you are okay the fantasy elements come from the idea that cyberverse is an actual plane of existence that people try to like access and that's kind of like an aspect of like magic in the world and there's an underground society called omorg which tries to harness like the energy of the cyberverse to control technology telepathically. There's like an element of like, is it pseudoscience or not? Are they actually tapping into anything? <laughs> so it's a real thing that you can like explore. So segueing into the next question here, speaking of communication with each other, do y'all uh, do Google Docs, text, or just some other form of communication entirely? Oh, we haven't yet, but I'm sure that that's going to come up soon when she starts uh, actually getting into the, the nitty gritty. And I'll be definitely there to help and with any questions. But at the same time, I want her to like be as unrestricted with her. You know, I want her to write first, and then I want to make as like very little you know, suggestions as possible, basically. I'm sorry, this is fuel for my (laughs) (laughs) rom-com. If you don't know what Kelly is referencing, become a supporter on the writer's (laughs) page where that will be behind a paywall. But I don't know. I mean, we do text about stuff, but it's normally, is school (laughs) killing you? You you know, you have a very busy schedule. How's life? and things like that. So we haven't really used our text messages to do story planning. I think I'm also mostly waiting for Jonathan to tell me like, hey, I'm available for you to ask questions if you want to start writing this story. But as anyone who knows me or has been to my streams knows, I have a to-be-written list that is 40 stories long and sometimes things jump the list and that is not the last thing on the list, but it is also not the next thing on the list. So I'm 
okay with waiting until Jonathan's life theoretically opens up more. Although honestly, that might never happen. So, <laughs> so before moving on to the next question, I was just curious with, because you know we're talking a lot about world building and Zara writing stories in your world, Jonathan. Whenever you're planning, do you consider yourself a planner, pantser, or planser, or like, I guess... I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's a pantser? Oh. <laughs> In basic terms, do you lean more planning like Tolkien or someone like George R.R. R. Martin? It's like architect versus gardener, but thinking now, whenever Zara said that you had footnotes, I'm going to say you're an architect <laughs> with how you plan. I'm definitely the Tolkien type. He's very detail-oriented. I actually created an entire, like, conlang. Do you want to define what a conlang is for people who maybe aren't familiar with that term? Yeah, it's a constructed language, essentially, or a conceptual one. There's, like, a bunch of dictionaries that you could create, and you can just store, you know, words, etc. in Java. But essentially, yeah, I created a con language for this alien species. So full on Tolkien here, even though he's doing sci-fi instead of full on fantasy. Yeah, that's. I'm like a language nerd as well, so. Yeah, we were in high school together and he was taking Chinese, Mandarin as his language. I was doing French. But at the same time, he was teaching himself Korean because of K-pop. He was way ahead of mm -hmm. the curve on, you know, K-pop being huge in the U.S. And he's like, oh, yeah, this weekend I got, you know, this far, whatever. And I'm like, you're learning two languages. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> no, it was just fun. And they're, and they're Asian languages. They don't have the same Latin roots as English and Romance languages and things like that. That is amazing. <laughs> I really love languages with, like, different orthography. So, like, anything that doesn't have a Latin alphabet, I like... I just, when I was, I went to a, a Greek parochial school in elementary school, second and third grade. And that's when I really got into Russian, Greek, of course. And like, I just branched out from there. So like Chinese is the hardest. So naturally I, I wanted to learn it. Naturally. <laughs> I was just interested in the entertainment. So yeah, the conlang I made essentially has like a different alphabet as well. I can't find my notebook for it or else I would like show it on screen. That is so cool. I'm sorry. That is just, not only is that so cool and so amazing, that's very impressive. I created an alphabet for my main alien race in my sci-fi romance trilogy. And I do have it as a downloadable computer font because I was thinking that maybe I would put it in the book so that people could see it but then after spending hours of designing it i was like you know what my main character can read the language so naturally that she doesn't even realize that it's in another language mm. so it wouldn't make sense for the other language to be in the book because she reads it and then someone who can't read the language is like how can you read that <laughs> so i had created this whole alphabet for no reason <laughs> hey man at least it's fun with any sort of co-authoring co-writing well, co-anything really sort of relationship, there's always going to be disputes that might arise between stories and the story's needs or 
you know, maybe certain histories since Zara is wanting to write a prequel. So how do you guys plan to maybe go about resolving those disputes? Hmm. I don't think there would be like major disputes or anything over, you know. I'm also flexible with the world building. It's like, yes, I have rules technically that prevent the characters from doing something else, but I never really or very rarely explicitly state those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to be asking you about the technology coming to power so I can accurately say like, oh, we're hiding from blank in the prequel. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you'd ever be like, well, this is how it is. And I'd be like, well, I need it to be different because kind of the formation of your world, but also my world is kind of fading out at the same time. So there is some interplay so that you don't have to be like, oh, well, she said this, but you know, maybe I have to set it even later to get me to where I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. I mean, we never really had disagreements when we were in high school. I mean, really the biggest disagreement was you asking me to pop your shoulder back in that you had dislocated so you could go to the swim meet or whatever or swim practice that evening. And I was like, I'm not doing that. What if I hurt you more? (laughs) And you were just like, no, just do it. And I was like, no. So I think that was the biggest disagreement we've ever had. I'm sorry. I, just, I don't even remember that. That's crazy. Why did I hear that? I'm just trying to think what I would have done if my friend was like, hey, pop this back into place. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, the fuck? That kind of sounds like me, though. Like in high school, I was just like, you know what? Just, you know, we got to go. We got shit to do. <laughs> I don't have time for my shoulder to be popped out of place right now. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what I should have told you was just to go to Mr. Taylor. I'm like, if you're that desperate for someone to do this. It's true. It won't be me. <laughs> but our homeroom teacher, who is like a hard ass, a chemistry teacher, and also the women's soccer team coach, mm-hmm. you know, like at least he knows the human body better than I did. Like I knew my human body, which hates me and gives me so many problems. And I just like learned how to cope. But I was like, I'm not doing anything that could mess up someone else. Mm-hmm. total tangent i do apologize that's okay i'm just thinking about it. i'm like what's the stupidest thing i've ever done or had a friend ask me to do and the stupidest thing would be like my friend telling me hey our super old haunted farmhouse let's like hold some sort of gathering and try to talk to the spirits in the house that was the dumbest shit i ever did <laughs> oh man Ouija boards and everything no no ouija boards but we all had pendulums and we all had candles and it was like, if I could go back and tell my 15-year-old self, hey, let's not do this really stupid thing. So Zara self-publishes fair books. If you want to, how will you be handling pursuing traditionally publishing for your books since they're in the same universe? Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, you creator of this awesome, amazing world we've been talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't even know. I've been making music since I was in college, and I really like the system of just like, I want to find a new way to introduce books to people, if that makes sense. I don't know how I can do that, but I want to make it more interesting. I feel like the attention spans of people are lowering and 
I really like the idea of something like a serial comic. So maybe like installations of pages or something like that. I really like what Zara does with integrating social media into publishing and book writing. And I think that's like the future of people's, you know, engagement with books. I mean, I feel like you could do that yourself, but also I now have a publishing company. I was going to plug you. Because <laughs> we're small and new, like I'm willing to do things that bigger more established companies are like, well, that's not how it's done. And it's like, well, it could be, probably should be at this point, given how technologically forward our society is. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd be happy to do that if you want to do the traditional route or if you're like, Definitely. I want to do this myself, I'd be like cheering you on. Hey, thank you. Of course. I don't know yet. I just don't know yet. Yeah, you got to finish your orgo classes and mm -hmm. med student and then... Or oh, surgeon. So I'm gonna do a lot of creative stuff in between getting into med school. So I want to kind of like almost finish it before then. I've actually started writing again. So Woo! I'm at I'm at fifty five thousand words now. So one hundred sixty five pages. I don't want it to like pass three hundred. So <laughs> I just have like under half. How kind, you know, if I become your future editor. Yeah, I'm so sorry. it at 300K. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's like 55K was like me trying to push my whole first draft. <laughs> and I was trying to really push for that. I'm like, okay, I need more words. I need more words. <laughs> mm -hmm. What is the best part about this unorthodox co-authoring partnership? The best part is like both just basically, you know, explore our creative, you know, potentials and, you know, our, our different ways of writing stories to fullest possibilities. And that's really cool. It's like we both don't exactly have the time right now to, you know, go in depth and like really, you know, figure something out, but kind of roll with the punches, see where everything goes and make something within this world that can then be built upon by both of us if we want to at another juncture. It doesn't require us to be on the same schedule. That was the problem I had when I tried to do co-authoring with two other people in the past. And those projects I have since asked the other person for full creative control and they've said yes. But, you know, with this, it's kind of, we are both writing our own things, but they are linked and like Jonathan said, like we can both kind of play around how we want without impinging too much on the other person. I think it's a cool way to do it, especially if you do vibe with a writer, but you know that, you know, maybe you're both a little bit more independent than wanting to have to make compromises within a single story or your schedules don't line up. I think that sums it up really well. What would you both tell writers considering doing a co-authored project, whether it's a quote-unquote normal system or a more separated one? Like, what would the advice be? The best advice I could give is to start with a well-realized world, whether that's like a storyboard or, you know, just like a detailed timeline, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the most important as you're writing the story also, 
the main story beats just always talk about those specifically make sure they align with what both of you guys want i think my main focus is, is characters you know characters are essentially the embodiment of the world you build they see and interact with everything in the world and what they interact with becomes who they are as you know people in that world so i think that's the most important if you two can make like really you know impactful and you know believable characters i think that's the most important as well i don't think i could have said that any better i do think if you're writing more separated stories like jonathan and i are i do think you want to go over the timeline points that will affect both stories but obviously if you're not writing the same book together you can be a little bit more freeform when running it by the other person but definitely have the world and the characters set like you want the building blocks in place so that you know what the other person is working with so that there aren't any huge surprises but you know i agree with what jonathan said about the characters really need to be important as well because that's how i write and this is basically just that i agree with what jonathan said well <laughs> y'all heard <Yes>. it <laughs> that's how you take the lightning magic and and put it into a bottle so mm-hmm. it, it's just that easy <laughs> <laughs> and just that hard <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan, for giving us your time and your super busy schedule. Yes. Of course. This is the Writish Podcast. Please join us for another episode next week when Kelly and I will be talking about character versus plot-driven stories. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Writish Podcast, on Twitter at write underscore ish, and on Kofi at writish. Bye. Bye.